Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. And that is exactly what we are doing today in this Mindset Monday episode. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And we are about to get into it. We got a Mindset Monday motivation, call it what you want, episode today. And uh, we are going to be talking about not being sucky. (laughs) Not being sucky? Yeah, I don't want to use other words. but So we're going to be talking about pursuing and being um, not giving up, I should say. So I was talking to Cody the other day. We're going to get right into it. I was talking to Cody the other day, and I was just talking about all the trials and tribulations that he's gone through. Um, Building this business over the last four or five years, and I was just wonder. I mean, we were talking about specific situations of people like doubting him and all these other things. And I was just like, what are some of the main thing? Not, not only the main things, but the main things and the main reasons on why you haven't given in to people's opinions or people's uh, speculations or people's opinions on what you should do or whatnot. But the main reason is why you haven't given up, why you haven't got given in to Doubt. those things. Yeah. Yeah. My own doubt, others doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um fuck, I mean I think like anything that we are, you know, that we anything that you get pressed to give up on in my opinion, like the way I kind of look at it is if I have feelings of doubt, if I have feelings of scarcity, if I have like that little voice in the back of my head doubting or telling me to stop, telling me to quit. If other people, even more so, if other people are telling me that I shouldn't or that it's probably not going to happen or to slow down or anything like that, there's like some weird thing in me that like pushes the pedal harder. That kind of talk internally and externally makes me go harder, makes me go faster. There's, you know, I think there's, there's two sides of it. There's, there's part of me, this is less of who I am today, but uh, for a long time, it was proving people wrong. Yeah. You know, there was there was something to me where almost, in my opinion, like in my own mind, I had, in order to prove myself, I had to prove others wrong. Now it's much more about proving myself right and uh, not worrying about what others think or, because I, I ask people's opinion less. You know, it's not, hey, do you think I should go after this? Or, hey, do you think I should set this goal or anything like that? The only time I ever do that is like, I'll run things by my mentor if I get ideas that are outside of this business, for example, if we're talking business, because I know that it could potentially be a distraction. And sometimes you need somebody to be like, dude, not now, just wait, you know. Um, Otherwise, I don't, there's just never a time where I'm like, I need to concern somebody else with this, right? Usually it's like, I'm doing this. I've already started, which, you know, that used to be the case back then too. And people would doubt me and and the, the fuel for me was proving them wrong. But I think ultimately the reason anybody shouldn't give up is is because you actually give a shit about it. You know, I think a lot of people forget to sit down and really – or they just don't know to. But like it, for you listening, like have you ever sat down and visualized the end goal? Have you ever sat down and read it out? Have you ever sat down and figured out like what does this actually mean to you? You know, we had a similar conversation about this just recently. And it's like if you can't sit here and say – I am willing to do whatever it takes, then 
maybe it's not the thing you care about the most. You know what I mean? And if somebody is doubting you and it hits you hard and you, and you feel it and you want to prove them wrong and, and it hurts when they say it, then obviously you give a shit about it because that's the, like, it wouldn't trigger you that much. If somebody told me like, dude, that's not a good idea. And I was like, eh, maybe you're right. I probably don't really care that much. It's not going to change my life. Yeah. But if I'm like, Either A, man, I'm like, that hurts my feelings that this person is trying to doubt me or tell me not to do it, or it works me up, or I feel this urge to prove them wrong because I really, really care about that goal. Totally. You know, in any area of life. Um, if it's worth fighting for, right? If, if it's something is worth fighting for and you find the urge to fight for it and you get into that mindset of, I'll do whatever it takes to reach it, like, it's something really, really powerful to you. It's something that you really care about, something you want to create. And, and again, like, like I said, doing things that you don't love to do to get the result that you want, right? There's a quote by Tim Grover. Um, I posted it the other day on my story. I've been just sharing quotes on my story every day. And, uh, it was basically like, I want you, you have to want the goal so bad that the work is irrelevant. Like the work it takes is irrelevant or something. Basically meaning like in order to be relentless with this, you have to desire the end goal so much that you don't stop to think about what it takes to get there. You just keep moving through it, yeah. right? You're going to stop and be like, or like slow down at times and be like, fuck, this is hard. I got to figure this out. Essentially, but, essentially, you love it so much, it's not work. Yeah. And, and it, outside of work, it's that you care so much about the goal or you want the, the desired outcome so bad that you don't stop and think about how difficult it is. You just work through the difficulty. You just figure it out, you know? Um, I told you about Entreport the other day. That was like, there wasn't like a flinch for you. Entreport for people listening is a, is a backend software system. In my opinion, it's fucking reading Egyptian. It's, there's, I mean, there's just, which is cool about it. There's so much you can do with it. Mm. It's pretty crazy. But if somebody told me, actually, when somebody did tell me, this is the system you're going to need to use for everything you want to do in your business, you got to figure this out. I damn near shit my pants. One, I didn't even take any action because I was like, I'm, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, there's no way. Because I just, I can't fire myself up to do those things. I don't care about that enough. And I didn't tie it to the end goal enough, right? Which is why, hence, Travis does all that because mm. it it's Egyptian to me. But it ultimately comes down to you will figure out a way to get it done no matter what. So going back to like why I haven't given up, even in times of doubt or risk or scarcity or anything or fear, failure, is that... You know, the, the outcome matters so much to me that all of that shit is irrelevant. Like, I think it goes back to that podcast I did with, like, accepting difficulty. You know, in order to be successful, you have to, you have to accept difficulty. But you also have to accept challenge. You have to accept fear. You have to accept risk. You have to accept time, patience, consistency. Every single thing that is inefficient, and inconvenient to your life, you have to be willing to accept those things to win in anything. You know, if you, if your main goal is you're like, Hey dude, I got, I got a great job. I got, I'm fit. Like I'm focused on my relationship. <laughs> there's going to be things in working for that relationship. There's give and take, you know, sacrifices that have to be made on both ends. It, it takes two to tango. There's going to be points within a marriage, within a relationship, within parenting, that shit is just difficult. Shit is not convenient. Shit doesn't go your way. Shit isn't as smooth as you want to be. You got to deal with it. Yeah, I think you have to accept that prior 
to making that decision and it happening. Mm-hmm. So whether whatever it is, you have to mentally accept that it's going to happen. Yeah. But I think also, correct me if I'm wrong, well, I know I'm not wrong, but you have to accept that along the journey, in the middle of it, in the yeah. midst of it, while it's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you meant to, you can mentally prep yourself and say, you know, I am willing to accept what whatever comes my way. But when it does come your way, yeah, you have to continue to accept it and take it head on. Yeah, I don't think I've. And this is just a good analogy because I was that was what I was going to add. Is like you have to be mentally prepared for it, but when it happens, you have to be ready to re-prepare because you. I've never heard anybody have a child and go, oh, no, I was completely prepared for everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even the people yeah. who are purposely trying to have a kid, yeah. you know? So, because, um, and especially if you haven't had a kid before. Yeah. You're, you're just not, but prepared. I mean, that's the best way you can prepare really. But I mean, I even think about like, you can um, prepare for the second kid by having a first kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. Like when we had, we had Blakely, you know, we, we were like, okay, we are ready to sacrifice certain areas of our life and, and sometimes sleep and all these different things. But it doesn't make it easy. And that's where it's accepting difficulty continuously is the key. Because, dude, the other night, <laughs> the one day, uh, Monday, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, all right, I'm flying out on Thursday. I want to get in bed at like 8.30 tonight. Like, we'll watch TV from bed. I want, I need sleep. So we did. And, of course, Blakely woke up like four or five times. I got four hours of sleep, according to my order ring. Next to none. Just part of it. Yeah. You know, well, I'm going to be mad at Blakely. I'm going to be mad at like, I'm going to get frustrated. Or t- or, like, this is where your mindset has to shift. Am I going to get super worked up or disappointed or frustrated or let it influence other parts of my day? Or am I just going to go, you know what? I'm a fucking dad. Yeah. That's part of it. And I move on and I keep going. And when I, I'm yawning at my desk, I try to snap out of it and go, this is, I signed up for this. Yeah. Let's go. You know? Um, but I think you're hundred percent right. Like going into anything, you have to accept that you will be judged. You have to accept fear. You have to accept doubt both personally and from other people, you have to accept risk because you're always taking a risk, whether you own the company or you're joining the company or you're uh, having the kid or you're getting into a different relationship or you're starting a fitness journey, anything. Anything. You have that, to, you have to you're trying to grow at. You have to accept sacrifice. Yeah. If you're tracking macros, you will not be able to just eat whatever the fuck you want all the time. There's going to be a sacrifice from a food perspective there. You're not going to be able to go out or be lazy all the time. You got to go to the gym. You got to get your steps in. You got to get sleep. Sometimes you got to say no to things. But do you want that end goal that bad? Do you want to be able to look in the mirror and be like, holy shit, I have abs now. Holy shit, I got veins in my forearms. Like, holy shit, I look better than ever. My booty's popping. People are looking at me different. (laughs) Whatever it is. If the answer is yes and and you have to visualize yourself in that body, in that position, then when it comes time to sacrifice something, it's so much easier to do, right? It doesn't mean you don't want to do that thing. It just means that you're willing to not do it because you want the outcome so bad. And not and not willing to give up. You're not willing to give up. Yeah. And it's literally just, I think it's overall, I think the, the thing that has been an overarching theme for me not giving up is accepting all of the above. Totally. It's, it's, it's stepping into this knowing like, dude, I'm, I'm going to make some sacrifices. Uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time doing this. It's going to take a long time, right? There's going to be certain relationships that actually get negatively impacted at times, you know, mainly my family, because like with friends, you know, like we're going to see all the guys here soon. It's going to be like, I saw them yesterday. Mm-hmm. The guy, like the guys I grew up with, cause they all know and they understand and that is what it is. But there's times where my wife and daughter have to sacrifice honestly. And she made that decision with me. She was willing to do it. It's not always easy for her, but we have an agreement. And at the end of the day, we always come back to knowing like this is, this is the life we chose. 
my family. I don't see my parents and my, my brother, especially now because he moved, but I don't see them as much as I should. I don't talk to them as much as I should, right? Or as much as most people do. Or want to. Or want to. Um, I guess should is very opinion-based. But, yeah. but in my mind, I would yeah. love to talk to totally. them more, right? And the people around me talk to their family more. The sacrifice I had to make, yeah. you know? And it's like, I want to impact millions and millions of people through what I do. I want to create this empire that takes over the industry. I want to do all these things. It takes sacrifice. And part of accepting sacrifice, part of accepting risk, because there's a lot on my plate, part of accepting responsibility to keep it up, part of it is accepting consistency and patience and, and time management, all these things, right? Part of it is accepting judgment and doubt from others and being willing to go, I don't care what you think. Even if I do care, because I have to tell myself I don't, you know, until I really fucking don't, or they change their opinion. Because there's, of course, times where people, they don't agree with how you, how you do things, right? If you're trying to start a business and you're spending a lot of time there, they'll tell you you have no balance, right? How do you know what balance is to me? How do you know what makes me happy, right? If you're trying to chase your physique and you say no to drinking out one night, or you say, I'm going to stay in this night, and they blame the diet and try to make you feel bad, you have to accept that, right? And don't take offense to it. Realize that, you know what, they have their own insecurities. That's why they're pushing it off on me. Like they can be upset that they're not doing what I'm doing or they can disagree with what I'm doing. We're all humans. We all have our own opinions. Let them have theirs. I'm going to have mine. I care about the outcome, you know? And at the end of the day too, you got to think about this. If people are judging you for, for trying to change your body in a healthy manner and it's not obsessive or anything, like and when somebody has obsessive tendencies, usually the conversation is not making fun of you. Usually it's somebody caring, be like, hey, like, let's talk. Like, yeah. I think this is getting out of hand. But if somebody's poking fun or giving you shit, it's usually out of insecurities or their own uh, ego because they don't have what it takes to commit and they want to change their body. It happens a lot. Or that person just, they're not, they're not somebody that really cares about you because they would see through that. They would be like, you know what? I'm happy for you. Like, man, I'd really love to see you out tonight, but man, I'm so happy that you're doing that for yourself. Like, keep me posted. You know, I'm going to be following your journey, right? But you have to be ready to know, I'm going to accept, I'm going to accept the shade. I'm going to accept the judgment. I know what I'm doing. I'm in my lane and and I'm going to face this regardless. Totally. Because the end goal is what I'm after. I think, I think, yeah. I think changing that mindset and accepting those prior to making any decisions on what you're going to do is huge for not giving in, which ultimately leads to giving up. Yeah. And I think you, you really, I, I really believe that you have to, you got to have a really good idea of where you're going to be at. Otherwise it's going to be really hard to do any of this because. Or stick true to that. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because like even in the phys- physique side of things, if you can't visualize like, and some people have a hard time looking in the mirror and going, this is what I'll look like. Mm. But if you can't go, okay, this is what I'll look like. I'm lean. I will feel more energy. What would that change about my day? Well, man, I'd be, I wouldn't be so tired when I get home from work. I wouldn't be yawning all the time. I'd be able to run around with my kid more. I'd be able to wake up like this and not hit snooze four times. I'd have a better understanding of food. Well, what would that do? Well, I'd recover better. My hormones would be better. I might live longer, right? Okay, I'll have more confidence. Well, shit, what would that do? I'd have a pep in my step when I walk in the office. I wouldn't be insecure in the summertime when my, my kid wants to play in the front yard with a sprinkler and all the other parents are outside too. And I'm going to take off my shirt, you know, like all those little things, they all add up, you know, and those are the kind of things you have to visualize because now that outcome that you desire, like that desire becomes so strong that the work to get there, it really is irrelevant. Like you don't care. You, 
you're, it's not going to always be easy, yeah. but you don't give a shit how hard it is because you want that outcome so damn bad. Plain and simple. Agreed. And this is a lot of times too with like fat loss, man. Like even for me, like I would say about a week ago or so, like I kind of like tipped the scale of like finally start, like there's a point where like, yeah, you're getting leaner. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like I really notice it. All of a sudden consistency gets a hell of a lot easier. When yeah. I woke up in the morning and I was like, whoa, shit, there's a new ab. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden I'm like, same thing for dinner again. Let's go. Track my wine and my macros. Okay. When yeah. usually it's like, ah, fuck it. I don't need to track the wine. But now it's like I'm dialed in. Totally. Which also another caveat to that too is you almost have to put something. You have to visually see some kind of goal. Because my thing was like, oh, shit, Dallas is coming up. Right? So it's coming up in a few weeks for me at this point when, I, when this clicked. And I was like, I want to be super consistent so I can go fuck around and it's not going to affect my results. And I want to feel good because it's going to be hot as shit there. And just that little bit of fire under my ass, all of a sudden, shit got real good in three weeks, and now I'm going to go there feeling really good, and I'm not going to regress because I, I know I, I did the extra before totally. getting there. But you have to visualize what that feeling's like. What does it feel like to be in that position and feel confident, feel energy? When you have that visualization, not giving up is a hell of a lot easier because all that hard work becomes simple to do. You accept, man, this is going to be hard. but It's simpler. Yeah, it's it never gets easy. Yeah, it just you you accept it. You're yeah. like, this is gonna be hard, but I'm okay with that. And I think you have to have a bigger vision for yourself. That's the other thing with me. I think that has helped me on the business side of things. I think I've always had this this mentality in the back of my mind of what's the like what's the biggest thing I can create? What is the the biggest I can take this? How far can I take this? What can I create? Like. How can I get to the end of my road, you know, and people at my funeral talk about the things that I gave them or I created for them or even like the words of how the fuck did he do that, right? Like, I can't believe he took it that far. I can't believe he actually did X, Y, Z. Like, I want people to be in shock of like my track record by the time I die, you know, not because I'm fulfilled by other people's like surprise or anything. But because if that happens, it means that I fulfilled my full potential because I exceeded everybody else's predicted potential for me. And that's like, that's a how crazy. You, how do you know what everybody else's predict, predicted potential is for you? I don't know. And I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, I think that I have an idea, obviously. But I think if I ask, I think you have your own be, idea. I, I think I would be afraid to ask because I think a lot of people would tell me, people close to me would tell me because they've known me forever. You passed it, dude. Yeah. One, because maybe I did. And two, because they love me. They're yeah. not going to like, they want to, they want to make me feel close, good. man. They want to make me feel good. Yeah. Well, if somebody really, really cares about me and knows me well, they would say, bro, you got so much more in you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and, I think that but like. Not out of negativity. No. But just because they know how you were. Exactly. Yeah. But it, even like, if I asked my dad, if I asked my mom, if I asked anybody, they'd be like, you surpassed everything, <laughs> you know? Years ago. <laughs> yeah. And so that wouldn't fuel me. But like. You know, my dad does says that so- mean does that mean they had no hope? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that there was there I couldn't w- believe you got this far in a way, yeah. but I think it's because there wasn't there was no signs of yeah. of anything, you know, until yeah. and then when this when fitness came about, it was so random. Yeah. They're like, fuck. But I mean, my dad told me the other day he was like, uh, you know, he, he because we're we're very similar in a lot of ways from a business perspective. He, he his wording was, um, I was telling some of the coworkers that work about you, and and the way I describe you is me on steroids. And I laughed. He was like, I don't mean that because you're buff. I mean that because, like, 
everything you're doing, you're doing at a level that like, I, I couldn't, pre- like, I couldn't imagine you doing this young for what you're doing. You know what I mean? And that was super cool. I mean, if you think about it, when he was saying that about you at that age, you weren't thinking that either. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? No, not at all. But to me, if, if I can just shatter all of that, you know, shatter my own expectations yeah. too. But my expectations are so high that I just, I, I, like my thing is if I can get to my funeral and, you know, looking down on the people talking, whether it's actually like that or not, but seeing people say, you know, or just knowing that people say, or like my daughter being there and hearing people talk about me and what I did when she was three and doesn't remember, totally. you know, and how much it's, it's, it would grow and it changed. And dude, the guy on 4th of July, like that was fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, like. To know that he's lost 70 pounds because of me and I have no idea who the fuck he is. Never met him in my life and his wife's lost 50. Do you know his name? Dude, I, think his, I think his name was Mark, but I'm, I'm literally, because it was like, oh, hey, I'm Cody. He's like, hey, my name's Mark. And I just want to tell you something. And we were just talking about it. So it was very quick and brief. And I literally just said hi because I was talking to another neighbor I knew and he yeah. walked up and then like my neighbor didn't introduce me to him. So I was like, oh, maybe he doesn't know him. So finally I was just like, oh, hey, man, like my name's Cody. He's like, I know this is kind of weird, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. But that's crazy. But when you left here, it was like, all right, see ya. Yeah. I know. Um, because my, because they, we were in, it was like this bike parade, long story, but I was like, I needed to catch up to my daughter. Oh, they like stopped yeah, me yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. but, uh, and I was drinking beer. So like, <laughs> I was actually had a beer in my hand down the street talking to him. It was funny. Uh, but, but it's just wild, man. Cause I think that like, obviously there's people like that. No, they won't be on my funeral because yeah. I don't know them. But yeah. like, I don't know. I think just, just getting to a point. But, but that doesn't even happen. That doesn't even cross your mind unless you think of, like, you should be thinking of things so big for yourself that it kind of freaks you the fuck out. Yeah. You know, it kind of gives you goosebumps because you're like, like, that's... Dreaming big. That's crazy. Yeah. But I want it, you know? And if part of you, just even 50% of you is like, I want it bad enough to give it a shot, go all in on it and just push. And, and set that standard so high for yourself that you can't not win. It's like the whole shoot for the moon thing, right? Shoot for the stars. If you shoot so high, I mean, you're going you're gonna to improve quite a bit. You're going to do more than you ever would have thought because you're aiming so fucking yeah. high. And it goes back to that whole satisfaction versus fulfillment. Chase. If you're, if you're serious about that goal that is so high, there's no way you're at least going to grow and strive for it. Yeah, and it might change. It might get bigger. It might not be as big, but you're going to grow. Yeah. You know? And I think... You're not taking it seriously if you're not growing. Yeah. And, and all of it boils down to, like, if you don't have that vision for yourself, like, what is, the, what is the biggest, best, craziest version of yourself? Like, what is the furthest you can take every aspect of your life? I, I don't think enough people think that way. And so... And that's okay. But I, I, what happened for me when I stopped worrying about doubt from others, doubt from myself judgment of others, judgment of myself, all that kind of stuff that would push me to quit, right? Risk. Number one, I only have one life. Risk, who gives a shit? Worst case, I fail. I'm alive. I'm alive. That's all I care about. Now, you won't catch me cliff jumping or fucking launching motorcycles and shit like that because I could definitely die. <laughs> so, but when it comes to the stuff that we actually get scared about risking, yeah. it's really not like the end of the world. Not physical. You got to be ready to take those risks. And I think what allowed me to do more of those things is I started realizing that a lot of people just play small. A lot of people, when I say, what is the most expanded version of yourself? What is the best version of yourself? Or if, if somebody asks me like, what are you after? I'm like, well, I'm after being 
the best husband in the fucking world. Like the best husband I could possibly be, the best father I could possibly be, the best leader I could possibly be, the best Instagrammer I could possibly be, best podcaster I could possibly be, best coach, like everything. And it's just kind of like, okay, dude, you're crazy. But like that fires me up. And I'm totally. like, you just don't think like me. And knowing that just gives me more room to grow because that just fuels me because not that many people do it. And it's why we get so inspired by the few people who do those things, who do become the best at all these things or one of these things. things. Why? Because they thought differently. Yeah. And the crazy part is, is like Michael Jordan, a young cocky guy that maybe he wasn't like, like nobody thought he was going to be who he became. Let's say he was clearly good. But actually, the story about him getting to, I think it was, what, North Carolina he played for? Yep. So Proud of you, man. The story behind that is actually, I'm pretty sure it was that, unless it was like the high school thing, but pretty sure it was that. Were you talking about when he got cut? No. Oh. There was a point where the dean or whoever was doing the stuff for the college basically said, like, there was somebody who was the best, right? And then Michael's a brand new person, walks up and says, how is he the best if he's never played me? Plays one-on-one, beats him, and then now they got to play together because he put them as partners in everything they do for the season. But it's... This kid coming on, brand new freshman, he'd never played me, so he's not the best. And people are like, what? And it's, granted, very, very cocky, pretty confident. But it's people like that that we end up getting so inspired by because they become masters of their craft. They become the best. They become relentless. They, become, they just win at everything. They're like crushing it. His brain works differently. So my whole thing is like, how do I get my brain to work like his and the things that I care about? It's not basketball. I don't give a shit about basketball. But, like, I, I love the way his mind works. Totally. And I don't think that many people think like that. Yeah. And that's why we get doubters, you know, when you have big goals. Yeah. You know? And, and granted, like, again, Michael Jordan's goal is to be the best basketball player in the world. Like, that's a <laughs> – that goal's on another level. And it's, and it's put on a pedestal in front of millions of people to watch on TV. So it's, yeah. it's a different standard. But at the same time, how can you apply is that energy? That, very true. Like, how can you, you apply you that be, energy? You want to be the best nutrition co- coaching company in the world. Yeah. How can you apply that energy to what you do? Yeah. You know, and put it on a pedestal like you do. It doesn't matter if it's on TV or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're going to be famous or not. Yeah. But that, that mentality, mentality that's very rare. It's like, the exact same. That's what you have to have. Yeah. And I think like that should fire it you up. It does not involve giving up. Mm-mm. You can't. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people even, I think even if he wasn't the greatest, I mean, because here's the thing is like basketball fans argue all the time about who the greatest is. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. What matters is all those people that are in the running have that fucking mindset oh and that God, mentality. Yes. That's what's inspiring. Yeah. I don't know stats about any of those people, but I know who's my favorite just by the way they talk, think, and act and how they set their goals. Yeah. Period. Totally. You know what I mean? And it was cool about uh, Tim Grover that writes the books that trained them all. He straight up says in the book and in interviews that Michael and Kobe were not the most talented athletes he ever worked with. But the way their mind worked and their relentless pursuit of being the best is what makes them the best. They're willing to do what other people are not willing to do. Yeah. And he worked with people that were more skilled and more athletic than any of them, but they didn't have a relentless mindset. So they wouldn't put in the work. They wouldn't attend practice. They would go fuck around. They cared more about sponsorships. And they ended up not getting as far because they didn't have that mentality. Totally. Which to me is like the most motivating thing ever because you don't need to be some special human, superhuman being in order to be the best at whatever you want to do or reach your goals. What's that book? Uh, one of them is called Relentless and one of them is called Winning. Winning. I haven't read Winning yet. Mm. Relentless is the first one. Super fucking I wonder good. if he worked with LeBron. Nope. He's not a LeBron fan. <laughs> so That's ignorant. He, I mean, he, he says LeBron's good. But he talks about him in the book for like a brief second. Um, I'm not even talking about basketball here, man. I'm talking about that mindset. 
he so he actually talks about it's actually I'll, I'll send you the section because it's I like would, he I, literally I talks about it for like a little bit, but the way he words it is actually really like I, I I appreciate the way he goes about it because he you know clearly LeBron is fucking amazing. His work mentality is out of control. It's 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 matched His, with with Cody uh Cody after Cody. after listening to to him in the in the interviews and in reading the book I would disagree with that just by the way he frames it makes sense and it's not like he's attacking LeBron or sticking up just for because this dude he also worked with Charles Barkley Dwayne Wade so he works with a ton of people um and he he like I think in I would winning love to hear about it I think in winning he highlights Kobe a little more because it was right after Kobe's death yeah but um. He, he highlights all of them on equal pedestal. You know what I mean? But um, he never talks about who's the best player or anything like that. But, uh, but it's interesting because he talks about the way, like the, the positions and the platforms and, and the places that LeBron got to go at a young age and the people he was in front of and things like that versus Kobe and, and Michael and why, um, and Dwayne and things like that and why their upbringing made them more relentless than LeBron. There's no question LeBron's a fucking savage. Do you, do you know LeBron's upbringing? Not more than, like, not as much as you, I'm sure, because you, like, are obsessed with LeBron. But yeah. um, do you know Michael and Kobe's as much as LeBron? Uh, as much as LeBron, no. Okay. But I do. Um, yeah. And I think the way he framed it was, like, you, you – I don't want to say LeBron got more things handed to him because I don't think any of those people got anything handed to him. Absolutely not. But it's – Until they started playing – professional basketball well i mean lebron went to one of the bigger high schools too right yeah but and he was like the star of the high school team and yes all that stuff um there's i'll send it to you because there's actually I would love to listen to yeah it. there's good you have to read this part yeah. he talks he, he's it's written but it's like a page but it's uh but it's an interesting outlook on it but the point is is like any of those people any of them they have i, I guarantee when they first started it's like they have like how many people did we grow up with had that anybody grew up with that's like like, I had friends who were like, oh, I'm going to be a pro skateboarder when they get older. And you're like, oh, you're just a young kid. Yeah. Those dudes were saying that, you totally. know, every single time. Yeah. Kobe Bryant, in when he was playing kids' league stuff in Philadelphia when he was like 12 or something like that, he went through uh, a whole season, didn't score one point. He talks about it in, in, in that this, interview. Crazy, right? Yeah. And then the next summer, he was the leading scorer in the state yeah. of all he ages. He played three hours a day every 365 days a year. That is a crazy yeah relentless relentless yeah mindset you know totally. like there's only certain people who are willing to do that but like i think the big takeaway for other people because a lot of people are like well, what do you want me to do go fucking do bicep curls for three hours a day and tell them <laughs> mr olympia it's like no i don't want you to but what what you have to pick apart there is that everything he did that first summer proved to him that he was the worst literally he didn't score at all <laughs> everybody around him besides his dad basically told him probably didn't tell him anything good. I mean, yeah. even if they didn't talk shit to him, they definitely didn't tell him like, hey, you did great. Keep going. You know, keep going. His dad said, no matter if you score or not, I love you. To me, that's not motivating at all. It just showed him that like, hey, like, you know what? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I got yeah. support. But what went on in his brain w was the ability to ignore the data, ignore the like position he was already in, ignore how much better everybody else was, ignore judgment or fear or risk or scarcity or anything like that, and just be able to zone in on what he cared about most. And that's the whole point here. Yeah. If you can zone in on that outcome at the end of the road and you can care about it so fucking much, everything else is irrelevant. Yep. The difficulty, the sacrifice, the risk, all those things are talked about. They're hard, but you're aware and you accept them. 
And that's probably it. It's not irrelevant. It's just you accept it. Yeah. And if you accept it, I think I think you can you can do anything. Yep. You can literally do anything. And I think for me that's that's just what it's been. It's been accepting everything it takes to get to the top and in, in whatever I'm chasing. Um and accepting that it's not easy. You know, and I'll be the first to admit this too. Like one of the one of the things that I really focus on that I have to accept and work on is uh being a great husband is marriage, dude. Like being this busy even when I time block so well that I get to be home a lot, dude, like changing the way my brain is wired, that's a whole fucking project in itself. But accepting that that's not easy, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't figured it out. And I start to get it and then I, and then I don't, and then I, I'm distracted. And you know what I mean? But like, I never get down on myself. I'm just like, I'll figure it out. Yep. And I just keep trying to figure it out rather than listening to people say, dude, you can't do both. You're either a great husband or you're a successful business owner. Choose one. And there's a lot of people I've known in my life who did choose one and they're no longer in a happy marriage. You know, my dad <laughs> for one person. It's the truth. Yeah. That's why, that's why my parents split up is because he was so wrapped up and busy. He thought he was doing the right thing. And I accept that now because as a father, he thought he was supporting and providing, you know, and him and I have had a lot of great conversations about that now that I'm more mature and now he can reflect back and, you know, I'm older, but I also know other entrepreneurs in the space and, and that I've talked to over the years that didn't make it because they couldn't figure it out. But it's because they didn't believe you could. Yeah. They thought it had to be one or the other. And that's just not the case, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's a long-winded answer and long-winded rant, which obviously is great because it, it fills the podcast up for people. But man, I think, I think you, I think like if I had to boil it down into one thing, in order to be successful in whatever you're after and in order to get from point A to point B without giving up, you have to accept difficulty. You have to accept risk. You have to accept challenge, adversity. You have to accept resistance, sacrifice, judgment from others, self-doubt from yourself. You have to accept that all those things are going to be thrown at you no matter what your end goal is. And the moment you accept those things, you can move through those things because the obstacle is the way, period. And if you can accept them and just work through them, you're going to get to the end goal. That's it. Period. Love it, man. Yeah. All right. Cool, guys. Well, we will kill it there. And uh, Happy guys, fucking have, Monday. have a great fucking Monday. Happy fucking Monday.